And I'm Chrissy. And you're listening to Side Hugs, your unofficial Duggar Snark podcast to help you help us feel better about talking shit about a weird ass family. This episode, we are discussing 19 Kids and Counting season four episode, Duggar Fly South, about Josh and Anna's trip for the holidays to Florida, where she was from before she was ceremoniously delivered to Josh up in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, we will get into the nitty gritty of the Keller family. They are known for having perfect little <laughs> ski slope noses, and I first will... and foremost, this is what they're most famous for, not their yeah. <laughs> fundamentalism. I but... will forever admire Anna's non-rhinoplasty perfect ass nose. Um, like side note, I can't tell you how many times like I've googled like Anna Anna Duggar before and after nose job. Convinced? <gasps> yeah, really? But no, there's nothing. But there's nothing. But I've like googled it because I was like convinced because it's, it's so perfect. It's such a specific nose because it's yeah. not the type of nose that people get done now. But in the '90s, this was the only yeah. like type of For thing sure. that you could get done if you got rhinoplasty. And it's a Keller thing because yeah, her, yeah, her, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is what I was like enormously jealous of when I was truly seven years old. All, okay, already had body dysmorphia. Right, yeah, <laughs> like, same. But you know when in like mm-hmm. YA books where pe- they would describe like the popular girls like having a perfect ski slope nose. And yeah. Um, that's what all of the fucking yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Or like a little upturned nose. And like, <laughs> that's at the end, yeah. Yeah, it is that. So Anna and Josh, you know, they go to Florida. So we have Anna watching Josh take a plane ride in one of those tiny ass planes that the Duggars are known for. But this one kind of seemed like just a little like more risky. <laughs> um, and there's also a trip down memory lane to a Gator Landing, the infamous restaurant where Josh proposed to her 18 months prior to this episode um, and where, you know, all this messiness began. God, could you imagine if it hadn't only been raining on that day, but if there'd been like a full hurricane and he couldn't propose and this never oh, would have happened. Darn. Yeah. Butterfly effect shit. Yeah, um, for sure. Gator Landing. Also, we want to let all you guys know that we have our first ever guest on the podcast. We have recorded an interview with um, a listener who gave us some really, really thoughtful feedback about our discussion in some previous episodes, specifically around the Jabby wedding and the Laura Jana relationship. So I know that there's been um, a lot of discussion about that. We've heard from a lot of people, but this listener actually wrote a really well-written, you know, thought out letter. Mm-hmm. Yes. We wanted to give her the opportunity to kind of have a platform to discuss everything she wrote and to discuss with us pretty much. Yeah, that is coming up at the end of the episode. So make sure you stay tuned. All right. So I actually want to say I really... <laughs> I enjoyed this episode a lot (laughs) just because it is prime 19 kids and counting like Josh being a complete fucking asshole, not in like a direct way, but in a very Duggar man who doesn't have to do anything involving children kind of way. All right. So the episode opens up. This one little scene is the only time we see the other Duggars. We open up on Jim, Bob and Michelle with, a ton of their kids visiting preemie Josie in like the, the NICU. Yeah. At this point, Michelle's still in the hospital. So this baby's only like maybe a few days old, a week old. And she was born at 25. Yeah. She is so tiny. I'm just like, 
all these germy ass, loud ass kids in there. It's just, I, I wouldn't want all those people after delivering a healthy child to term. So, no fuck. Yeah, it actually is kind of like incredible that this hospital allowed not only the 19 children, but also this entire camera crew yeah. with their mics and equipment to like hover over an incredibly premature baby for Absolutely. camera footage. Like, oh, for sure. that's bananas. Oh, I know. Um, and okay. And then we have a, like we cut to Josh mentioning Michelle and Jim Bob needing him and Anna to step in and help at their house, which they, so we cut to Josh saying that Michelle and Jim Bob have needed him and Anna to step in since they're spending so much, uh, Jim Bob and Michelle are spending so much time at the hospital. And there's like a shot of all the kids wound the fuck out at, at the house, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is they were going pretty crazy. I mean, relatable when your parents aren't home, but I also can't imagine Josh doing anything um, I would assume. Well, did we get any footage of no, Josh doing didn't. anything? Good point. Good point. It was Anna running around like a half a dozen kids, ages like four to fourteen, just like going crazy. Right. Exactly. Jenny was climbing on the banister. She was on like the second story on that yeah. on the outside of the stairs. Like I don't really know how to explain it, but she was like gonna die. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh and Anna's little trip to Florida was just, like, a way to escape any responsibility. I mean, I'd be fucking fed up if I was Anna. She had a three-month-old, and she had suddenly all these, like, her husband's siblings to take care of. Yeah, no way. So from there, we go to Josh and Anna's house, which in present day, as everyone, most people know, it's uh, Jess and Ben's house. But when Jess and Ben moved in, they totally, like, redid it. It looks so much nicer and when Anna and Josh lived there it was very cluttered very dark just depressing honestly very like nine would you say 90s yeah it definitely looks very dated it just reminded me a lot of being at my grandparents home and like it being haunted (laughs) haunted yeah and before I mean before they lived there whose house was it it was grandma mary okay it was grandma mary so it's, so it's been a couple generations yeah. of fuckery going fuckery. there yeah. i really I, it's probably haunted <laughs> could you imagine how many births like so many lives have been like i know all of jessica's were born there i think a yeah. bunch of anna's kids were there too yeah and it gave birth on that toilet i remember that that's seared <laughs> into my memory forever <laughs> um disgusting honestly the whole thing should be torn down okay Okay, so josh and anna are packing to go to florida they look teenagers they look so young it's so wild yeah um they're both 21 at this point yeah which i mean yeah they're adults i know they're just like they look so young to me they talk about not getting sleep because they have a three-month-old however uh i did make a note that Josh looks pretty well rested, so there's that. Yeah, yeah something no someone's not like getting sleep, and somebody definitely is getting all yeah. the sleep. No. And then there's like a shot of Josh and Anna's pillow because they had this awful pillow featuring the two of them from when they were like courting or engaged. And and there's more pillows mm-hmm. in these relationships, aren't there? I, I, they yeah. all. I think it's like been like a thing that they all weirdly get like a pillow yeah there's there's even one time where when ginger and jeremy were together she went camping and she like put his soccer jersey or something on a pillow and had it with her to to cuddle quote unquote there's been a lot actually 
you know, there's that TikTok user, like Mrs. Kickstand mm-hmm. that we've discussed before. She has this like compilation on her thing. Yeah. Or, like, it's a TikTok of all the different pillows that the Duggars have had when they're courting. And it's like literally they print faces on pillow covers of their significant other. Mm-hmm. And then sleep with it. And it, it looks so, it's like disturbing and like distended and gross. And like, first of all, it's, it's gross. It's weird. It's so tacky. Second of all, okay, like maybe I'll forgive you. Maybe I'll forgive you because you guys aren't living together or alone together yet. But after you're married, like just get rid of it. Okay. Put it in the closet. Oh, yeah. Put it in like a linen closet. Get it out of here. Don't you think that each one of them like have absolutely like made out with the pillow? <laughs> Those are sex pillows I've ever seen them. <laughs> no, but like when they're courting, you yeah. know, like oh, yeah, yeah, I could see I could see that. Or at least just a little Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something weird happened. I don't I, well, all that I know is that like yeah. if I was a guest in that home, I wouldn't want that pillowcase as like a oh here you, you go. Like, no, that's that's not a company pillowcase. That's a <laughs> shove it into the linen closet. You don't have to throw it away, yeah, but just it doesn't need to be out. Okay, so in the episode, the morning they go to Florida or to the airport, um, Hannah is somehow loading the car all by herself as from inside the house, Josh mentions that it's 30, 30 degrees outside and he can't wait to go to Florida. There's also this blink and you miss it, I swear, like slight annoyance from Anna because she opens the trunk and there's all kinds of shit in there. So not only does she have to pack the car while Josh is, I don't know, inside with a sleeping newborn who doesn't really need him, but she also has to clear out the trunk, pack everything in there. I I have a conspiracy theory about this. Go on. Okay. So she opens the car yeah. door to the trunk. She looks inside. It's a mess. And she has like three bags that need to be loaded onto the truck. And then there's a cut and the very next shot is all of the luggages are in the car already. Mm-hmm. So here's okay. the thing. They don't show anybody loading up the okay. car. And my suspicion is either they didn't want to show it because it was Anna yeah. who had to like lug yeah. all of the three things. Or my other thing is that I think one of the camera people might have helped her okay. because I, I would help a newly yeah. like a mother of a newborn baby. Yeah. Well, you know, like load these like heavy bags into the trunk. I think that either Anna Mm -hmm. did it and they didn't want to show it because it was like, it looked bad or somebody else helped her who wasn't Josh and who was like a camera person and they couldn't show it because it was like, well, too behind the scenes. Honestly, like I like either of those theories because they still point out how much of a piece of shit Josh is. So (laughs) I, I'll take either of them. Yeah. They're both depressing. Like they're both. And it gets worse because. Okay, when they get to the airport, I like watched this scene multiple times. I called my husband in to show him. Um, I they get to the airport and you know Josh pulls up. They have malt like I don't know like three rolling suitcases, some bags, a diaper bag. Anna's carrying the baby in her arms, a newborn, and. Anna offers to bring in all the bags, bring in all the bags into the airport by herself. And Josh says, oh, yeah, you know, I was going to say that I can't leave the car here. And there's a few seconds of Anna, like, uncomfortably, like, trying to maneuver all of these bags for her to take into the airport by herself while juggling a three-month-old baby in her arms. Holding McKenzie and, like, I I was afeared for that child. Oh, for sure. Finally, Josh helps her and brings in everything into the airport with her but it's just such a i don't know such a moment well his excuse was like he's like well i can't leave the car like somebody has to take the car and so immediately anna's like okay fine i'll Uh take every single bag that we were taking to florida i mean eventually like josh does 
helper, but it's just like, it's weird that their default is like, no, obviously you can't help me with this. Like, I know. It almost made me divorce a husband that I do not have. I, know, right. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. Like, fuck. Angry for her. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just like a given that she's going to handle everything to make things as easy as possible on him. Yeah, it was so strange. There was, there, I've never seen any, now that I think about it, like, I've watched a lot of Nineteen Kids mm-hmm. and Counting, Counting on episodes. I, I can't ever recall seeing on camera, like, a moment of affection or, like, no, like, acts of services no. are coming from josh you know yeah, like, no way there's something feels weirdly like clinical about their marriage like i really never see any like emotional connection I mean, a lot of times when you see him talk he's very like jim bob trained like he says everything so carefully and calculated almost and yeah i don't see any like real affection between them and i don't know if it's just something we just happen to not be able to see or if it's just he's the firstborn and he has this forever sense of entitlement and specialness about him but his true love is the camera mm, that's mm-hmm. what's happening like whenever he's talking he's talking directly into the true. camera he's trying to look good for the camera like that is what Accurate. he was born and raised so i think yeah god how depressing so anna anna does admit that she's like nervous to fly with the newborn the newborn that you notice she has to hold herself the whole time in the plane i am scared to travel in a plane with any age kid because that hugs on my anxiety so it's I can, a gamble yeah no way and so i can't imagine taking a newborn and also kind of being in charge of that baby yourself knowing that it's like not your partner's quote-unquote job to but they make it and everything's mostly fine when they arrive in florida though josh and anna are like talking to the camera and saying they're excited about having a great christmas while this baby is crying in anna's arms and it's so uncomfortable so sad mackenzie really had a good set of lungs on her yeah agreed do you want to go into like a little dive about the kellers since people might not know okay i mean Uh. as some of you may know there is a certain subreddit called fundy snark that is down right now Mm which is making it particularly difficult to gather information about these people. (laughs) So maybe we'll have to revisit once we have full access to all of the random archives. I think it's a thing of value. And I think that (laughs) I demand public access. (laughs) But um, the Kellers are interesting. They are obviously like a super fundamentalist family and they're only famous because of their... I mean, publicly, like, famous because of their association with the Duggars. But it seems like they are a pretty big deal within the IBLP community. So what I know about them, they were a family of 10. Mm -hmm. So it was, I'm going to call them Ma Keller, Pa Keller, and then kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what's interesting about them is they were obviously super fundy, fully deep in the Mm Kool-Aid, full-time in the, the parents were full-time in the ministry. Like, they were pretty poor like they lived in this like modular home Mm -hmm. while the dad like he ran this he ran a prison ministry so he would take the kids and volunteer at this like correctional facility and like teach them about jesus and like lead bible study and stuff like that obviously i don't think there was a lot of money in it it seemed like they grew up pretty like lacking in basic necessities to Mm -hmm. some extent i think anna shared a bed with her sister until Mm -hmm. like right before she got married Eight kids is a lot. It's a lot to provide for. Sure. And the thing that's like most interesting about the Kellers is that out of the eight kids, three are fully like out of fundy dumb. That is so wild. 
I know because yes. it's like it makes me think that if the Duggars weren't on TV, there's no way that all 19 of them would still be deep in the Kool-Aid. That's you know? A, yeah. It's just so weird. And also there's such a like wide spectrum of present day beliefs between the kids. Like there is one sibling who is a missionary. She's been living in Zambia for the past decade. Mm-hmm. Like she's so fully well, deep in it. There, and yeah. then like, there's been like multiple divorces. Like there's been a kid out of wedlock. It's just like such a crazy extreme mm-hmm. within their world, obviously. Um, well, yeah, you never see dynamics like this at all within the Duggars. Like Amy is the wild dugger and she hasn't really done anything so to see this in a funny family and a family who are in-laws to the duggars it's a huge deal not gonna not gonna like backtrack on anything but (laughs) it is like interesting that none of them are none of them are actual like fuck ups like none of them have done crime or like right sure yeah it's just weird to weird to think about the the fact that like the fuck up is like oh got divorced like right there's nothing wrong like that in a normal setting in society but that within their circles within their family it's such an anomaly yeah Mm -hmm. like basically like committing a crime crime against jesus i guess right um so here are just some notes about the siblings so the eldest is Esther, and this is the missionary in Zambia. She has 12 children, which is absurd. Her oldest son is named Enoch, which is also somehow even more absurd. And she's been living in Zambia for a decade with her husband as a missionary. And she's someone we've never really seen that I can remember. I don't think we've seen her. I think there's like weird age gaps between the kids. Um, I think she might have been out of the house like well before Anna came on the scene with like 19 kids and counting. Okay. Then we have Rebecca. So Rebecca's the second oldest, two children, divorced, and she has remarried a man quite a few years older than her. I would say upward of a decade or two, um, who is, shall we say, obviously a man of means. Like, this guy is rich. (laughs) (laughs) They live in this, like, insanely beautiful home. And in 2018, they hosted Thanksgiving, and Sex Pest and Anna did attend. Okay. So... It seems like they're fine fellowshipping with quote-unquote sinners, um, <laughs> and as long as there's a turkey and a good meal involved. Um, yes, but like I looked at some of the photos of of the Thanksgiving, and it was like pretty fancy and like well done. And I think there was wine. I want to say okay. So yeah, good for them. Honestly, honestly, I stand uh, Rebecca Keller. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you're fine, honey. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, no, I feel, and she wears like sleeveless dresses, and I think that like she looks great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, scandalous. Yeah. So after Rebecca, there's Daniel Keller. This guy's interesting. Mm-hmm. He was married for a while to this girl who seemed to be like funny adjacent, and they adopted one son together, but then they divorced. And I couldn't really find a lot of information about Daniel. Maybe we is he the one? Would- who on social media urged or claimed to have urged Anna to leave Josh. Is that the one? Yes. Okay. And not only claimed to have done it, he was doing it pretty persistently and pretty publicly on social media. Okay. Yeah. This was around the time when all the scandals came out about Josh, about him, first of all, molesting his sisters and Mm -hmm. second of all fully cheating on anna and like having this like ashley madison account and let me just go through some of the screenshots that we (laughs) we have collected over the over the Mm -hmm. years he did go like publicly off he out of everybody who's associated in this world or around this world is the only person who has spoke out this vehemently against yes 
Josh or the Duggars in general. So, okay, on his Facebook page, somebody mm-hmm. commented, this was 2015, obviously, Dark Night of the Soul for Anna Duggar. Somebody had commented, like, I'm praying for your sister and just went on to, like, express concern. And then he said, okay, and I'm going to quote here. I have told her I would pay for her to move out here with me and pay for her kids. I don't think Josh will see this as a big deal and be truly broken until that happens. I bet my life on the fact that Josh has not come to true brokenness yet. And then later he says, he responded to another person. He said, thank you for praying. I told her I would go get her and let her and her children stay with me. She said she's staying where she's at, but I won't stop trying to get that pig out of our family. Obviously referring to Josh. Mm -hmm. And um, he goes off. He basically like, he goes on to explain. He's like, Josh is not sorry. He's not truly Mm -hmm. repentant. You can only have forgiveness if you're sorry. He really, he's like so snarky. Like somebody's like, but maybe we're praying for him. And he's like, I did pray for him, you bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, like, getting caught and confessing are two different things. There, I actually do like that line, and I do mm-hmm. agree with that. And I actually, I know that he's, like, being, like, a dick, basically. <laughs> but, like, yeah, of course, like, confessing a sin and getting caught are absolutely two right. different things. I, yeah. Okay, I literally agree with him. And also, I think it's, like, so, it's, like, it is admirable that he was willing to take Anna and at this time her, like, Mm-hmm. four kids which is a lot of kids yeah and support them what i'm saying is like oh god anna clearly had options at this time and mm-hmm. i know that she was so young when she got married and she was like a sheltered kid who was basically pawned off to a more famous family but she did have choices at the time and she could have left josh she was not stuck in a situation where there was no out right or there was like whatever yeah i mean like i know in relationships um like this it's for people on the outside it's easier said than done sure um but it's just that yes her her parents were not supportive of her leaving at all and were more right as david had said on social media that they were more pushing for her to stay with josh but like you said yeah she she had somebody in her family who was trying to help her see the light like she had she had an option like, this could have been it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, God, what a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Also, okay, I can't deny it is tacky <laughs> to publicly, like, I know. spill your family shit on Facebook for, yeah. like, other people to I know. do. But, like, I think that's the tackiness is overshadowed by, like, the generosity of the offer, first of all, and the persistence with which he was trying to get her to, like, realize that, like, Anna was married to, like, an abuser and, like, a guy yeah. who... Maybe she shouldn't have been married to anymore right. at this point. Yeah, interesting guy. I'm so, I want to know more about him. I couldn't, I wasn't able to suss out where he lives or what he does for a living. But also there was a rumor that he is like the black sheep of the family and he was like shunned for a few years by the parents. But um, no information on like why he was shunned? No. Okay. <laughs> and it's, um, it seems weird. I don't know how true that is. Like, I don't think anybody's like officially shunned by decree anymore like they were right yeah yeah 17th century or whatever i'm sure there's it just seems like there's been like estrangement you know and but there's no information about why okay so there's daniel interesting fellow Mm -hmm. and then priscilla waller and we've seen her quite a bit i mean in the earlier 90 kids and counting i do remember seeing her a lot her wedding to her husband is even featured on the show yeah, it's mm-hmm. on 19... It's like, I didn't even know this, but it was an episode of 19... Because she also married this guy, David Waller, who was like a very big deal mm-hmm. in Fundy World. I guess they met when she she was like a secretary for IBLP in Chicago, mm-hmm. and she met this guy, David Waller. Yeah, so part of the group of siblings that's 
really firmly entrenched in this. Right. And then Anna. And then she has a younger sister called Susanna Keller. And this is interesting. So this is the tea on Susanna. She actually had a kid out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Which I don't even know how that's possible. I know. With like the level of restrictions that these people have. Right. Um, like according to the rumors or the internet, whatever, she allegedly was living with a guy before being married to him, had a got pregnant by him. She just recently married somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And Anna just- still talks to her too. So she's not like quote unquote shunned from the family. Oh no, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have a relationship. I don't think she is funny anymore. She dresses pretty, from what I can tell, pretty like modernly. Yeah. She there's looks a lot like Anna. She looks so like such a hotter version. She's so good looking. That's what happens when you're not like married to this guy who's wreaking havoc on your psyche and like right. refusing to yeah. carry luggage in the airport. Yeah, right from the um, beginning. It just it seems like a, a case of like this is like an example of what Anna. It, her life could have gone very differently. Like there were very just, close. A lot age. of people say that they're like, this is like, if you look at her sister, Susanna, like that's what Anna would have been if she would have gotten out. So she could have been, if she would have gotten, you know, like yeah. and it's, it makes me question how much agency these girls truly have in this environment. Like, and I'm not blaming anybody for staying in an environment that's obviously toxic and abusive, but clearly mm-hmm. like it is possible to get out of it and still retain some degree of relationship with your family or like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's interesting to see how their paths have diverged. Also, I'm just baffled by the logistics of how do you get pregnant while you, you're like basically under 24 seven supervision by your family and you can't ever be alone with a person from the opposite sex ever. Like I'm just, I know like, um, I'm baffled and impressed. (laughs) Well, the, the internet also claims that after Susanna got pregnant, and I don't know with this like mysterious man, other guy she was seeing and they broke up. She, she moved in with her, with their sister, Rebecca, while she oh. was a pregnant, unwed expectant mother. Oh my God. I love heathens, heathen siblings banding together against right, 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 yeah. <laughs> factions of the family fighting. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh God. Rebecca was like a, like a little Moses of, <laughs> of out of fundy land for, for these Keller girls. Right. It's so wild to speculate, like, who would have been the Rebecca and the Susanna of the Duggars, you know? I know, I know. Joy. And like like you said, Joy, give me that. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said before about, like, Anna having a way out through her brother. And yeah, it's not like with the Duggars, they're all in the same boat. Nobody's really, like, gotten out, so to speak. I mean, Jill, like, whatever. But with, with Anna, though, like she's seeing examples of ways you don't have to fall in line, but she's still drinking the fucking Kool-Aid. Would you still call Jill a fundy at this point? I guess not. Hyper-religious and a bigot, but I guess not a fundy. What, I mean, what do you think? It's hard. Cause like, I mean, she's definitely not IBLP anymore. I think they're officially right. Baptist, but like you can be a fundy. So they're, I just, I just, I don't think she is. I think from like, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think she is still a fundy, but that doesn't mean she is like right. automatically like hyper liberal, woke queen of ours. <laughs> like exactly, yeah. But I think that at at this point we can safely say she's disentangled from yeah, these like religiousness. Sure, you know. Okay, and then the last thing I want to say about the Keller siblings yeah. is the the sibling who's just younger than Susanna's Nathan mm-hmm. Keller. Mm-hmm. 
this is a whole nother box of worms. I don't know how familiar you are with the Rodriguez family. Do you know about them? Um, Not too much. I mean, I know who they are in relation to the Duggars. Um, yeah. And just a little bit about them. Yeah. So Nathan Keller married the oldest daughter of the Rodriguez family, Nuri Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Not Nuri Rodriguez. It's Nuri Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, this family is off the fucking rails. Like, yeah. this family is bananas and fucked up. They are a whole another thing that we could get into because mm-hmm. I don't like there's literally not enough time to like dive into all the things that are yeah all the things that are going on there. But um yeah, Nathan married Nuri, and this is a family that's been very publicly thirsty for attention from the Duggars. Yeah. In any capacity. And the mother was obviously very like she reminds me a lot of Hillary Spivy in her like kissassery and yeah, just overall brown nosing to the Duggars, but it's mm-hmm. slightly different. So finally, the closest association she could get was Mary, yeah. the brother of a Duggar in law. Right. Which I guess is a win for them. But um, Duggar adjacent now, yeah. Duggar, yeah, Duggar yeah. adjacent adjacent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and after the wedding, Jill Rodriguez, who's like the mom of Nuri and Anna quietly like either unfollowed each other or blocked each other on Instagram. <sighs> There's beef there. There's also there's something, yeah. Yeah, so who knows what happens between Jill Rod and Anna. But th- then there's the youngest Kellers, David Keller. I truly have zero information about this person. He's like nothing. We'll see. I don't, yeah, I don't know if he's married or not. I, I oh. don't think so because he's younger than Nathan, so he must be pretty young. Okay. We'll see if he defects to the dark side oh, or, <laughs> or stays within Bundyism. The odds are in his favor. So he could be the yeah. person who ties the siblings. If he if he defects, there'd be four Keller siblings who are out of it and four who are like deep, deep in it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Shit. That doesn't say a lot about the retention mm-hmm. rate <laughs> of like fundamentalism. Exactly. For sure. Right, well, let's we'll finish up the episode breakdown. Um mm-hmm. they Josh and Anna and her family got to eat at the same seafood restaurant where he proposed. Now, if you guys don't know or you don't remember when he proposed it was um it was probably the worst proposal um, <laughs> definitely the worst proposal. Yeah, um it set the stage for everybody to just do better in the future when they proposed uh in the Duggar family but he surprised Anna and her parents at this restaurant with balloons and she was like super surprised looked terrified at the thought of getting engaged obviously she said yes at the time and in this episode Josh like explains himself because he knows in his heart how lackluster the proposal was but he explains that um, his original plan involved being outside and some grand gesture but the weather ruined everything so he was forced to take it inside i still have very like low expectations about what his alleged original plan even was but part of me is kind of glad that he's like forced to be perpetually embarrassed about yeah. this thing like, when he was, like 19 or 20 yeah. it was like humiliating and awkward <laughs> like oh, for sure as shitty as he is as a person like i do think it like it tugs at his ego a little bit like Uh he's like it kind of like miffs him a little bit that he wasn't able to do like a better job because he thinks he's like the best person on earth right yeah because every time it comes up he really quick has to explain yeah yeah Mm -hmm. all right so then josh decides to fly a plane with like another fundy guy they know from church um anna is super uncomfortable because this plane is very small and sort of rickety and she keeps like showing how uncomfortable she is but 
smiling through it. And Josh admits that he understands that she's uncomfortable, but obviously he's going to do whatever he wants anyways, because he's who he is. (laughs) (laughs) That plane looks like a... It was like reminiscent of like a go kart or like an ATV thing, you know. Like it was equivalent like so, of a plane, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. it looked like it was like an ATV with like on wheels, and that it was tiny and it didn't have doors, and yeah, it was. It looked like a toy. It looked like not a yeah. real airplane. Like you said before, it was like him flying with this guy was just to fill up airtime for TLC. Because it was so weird because they on like Josh and this like random pilot guy that yeah they found that was like another Christian who mm-hmm. was like in the area. They visited his church. Um, they just flew the plane back and forth while all like the women folk were standing on the ground. Yeah. Waving, like Seriously. Like yeah. I, I, it was like a scene out of the 19th century where, okay. There's this like John Mulaney bit. Do okay. you know what I'm referring to? I don't like, know what you're referring to. So, okay. <laughs> He's like, can you imagine how boring olden times must've been if what you did for the day was, you went to a harbor to go wave to a boat right. on which there was like nobody that you knew. And it felt yeah, like yeah. where they were just like their activity for the day, their excitement for the day, the highlight of that day was like waving at a plane. Yeah. For it. And it was like, guys, this isn't cool. This is not no. fun. This isn't funny. Like, no, it was like Josh showing up for a literal captive audience. Like his wife had no other choice but to like mm-hmm. stand there while he flew back and forth. Oh, exactly. And he got to feel like, I guess, like a big man doing something like God. important. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's weird that this is just their idea of fun. I'm, I know. Girls have minds and bodies and you guys can do things. I know. Like, That's so depressing. Uh, Yeah. I mean, definitely not how I would spend a Saturday. No, no way. At the end of the episode, it's Christmas. Um, Josh gives Anna some, like, shirts. I'm guessing they're super modest. Um, (laughs) They're wrapped loosely in wrapping paper. So touched. Um, In return, she gives him this, like, super nice laptop case. And her sister, Susanna, is, like, sitting next to him on the couch as he unwraps his presents. And she's just, like, sitting as far away from him as she possibly can. Does this mean anything I don't know, but yeah, over, like my takeaway from this episode, it's just very um, like a crash course in what a piece of shit Josh is like, uh, like Josh 101. It's that's the the first class you take. I, I just think that he likes stepping all over his wife yeah. because it's like it, it makes him feel powerful yeah. and it makes him feel oh, like about that. Yeah, he has somebody to walk, you know, mm-hmm. like, like beneath him all the time and she can't say anything about no. it. And she's um, the, like, one who never would. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how she does it. No. She, trying to guess at her inner life is, like, impossible. I know. I, I just can't relate to anything like, about Like, does she it. just live in, like, so many layers of denial? I don't it's know. either that, yeah. like, complete empty-headed denial yeah. or refusal to discuss it, or there's more complexity going on, yeah. and maybe she's, like, aware of it, but just, like, maybe, I don't know. It's, I know. like... It's one of those things that she's not forthcoming about her, like, no. interiority at all, like, by nature and no. on camera. I don't think she is. And um, what an odd, what an odd duckling. <laughs> Absolutely. Before we close out this episode, we want to share the aforementioned interview we had with the listener who, who shared her thoughts about our last episode. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, first of all, um, Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the pod. For everybody listening, we have a very special guest. And yeah, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? 
Uh, sure. My name is Lynn. And for those of you who follow the Duggar Snark subreddit, you probably saw that I I posted a, um, a post on there um, titled An Open Letter to the Side Hugs Pod from a Queer Woman. And it kind of, I, I'm not going to say blew up, but it, it, it got a lot of upvotes and awards um, and a lot of positive feedback. So I am here today to talk about, you know, queerness in the realm of um, fundamentalist Christianity. Oh, God, I am so excited. This is truly like a dream conversation for me. I also want to say shout out to all of the queer listeners of Side Hugs Pod. It turns out there are truly so many and I'm, I was very pleasantly surprised and taken aback to see all of the responses to the post. Yeah, so a lot of us, we want to say, yeah, just like welcome. And I think that this is going to be like an interesting conversation. I, I mean, like, it's something that I think is like super important. And I think that yeah, we just wanted to give a space to kind of talk it out and just uh, see where it goes. So um, so do you want to just like give us an idea of like how you started getting into the Duggars? Like when did this start? You said it was like around quarantine, right? Yeah. Um, so I work in an office and we tend to have a lot of downtime during the day. Um, so <laughs> I was kind of just like getting into like getting my feet wet with Reddit. Um, mm-hmm. And I came across Duggar Snark. Uh, before Fundy Snark and, and some of the other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't even remember how I came upon it, but I was obsessed from the get-go. I was like, this is really weird, but I really yeah. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of other people get into it. Um, and I listened to like a lot of like Mr. Atheist and Jimmy Snow stuff before getting into some of like the Fundy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like a pre pre introduction to um, the Duggars and cause I never watched the show growing up. I, you yeah. know, I wasn't like a TLC fan. I never followed them. Um, oh you know, my I God. Yeah. I, I was never really, um, it didn't, didn't even, it wasn't particularly impactful when like the scandals hit because I was like, yeah, I know of them, yeah. but I don't. Know them. <laughs> you can like totally appreciate the total shit show that happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really like it is. It's strange. It's like I feel like if you didn't know anything about it, you stumble upon it, and this rabbit hole is like endlessly deep. Sure. Like it's really. I can, know. Yeah. 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 It's so strange because there's so. I feel like every single day I can get on and find more information and things that are shocking and surprising mm-hmm. about it, and I think that's yeah. what's so appealing about continuing to dig deeper and deeper into it. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I feel. Yeah, definitely the exact same way. Do you now watch any of the episodes now that, like, you're familiar with all of the shenanigans that go on behind the scenes? <laughs> yeah, um, so I I do watch – I've watched all of Counting On um, because I have it through, like, one of my streaming services. Um, I have not been able to get my hands on any episodes of 19 Kids and Counting. They're, like, impossible mm-hmm. to find unless you buy them, and I don't want to buy yeah. them. <laughs> Um, yep. So, yeah, I've watched all Counting On. I am probably going to start watching, like, some bait stuff soon just because I've run out of Counting On mm, now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I have I've, – I've watched extensive clips on YouTube and, you know, as much content as I can get without directly giving them money. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I think it's a good hard line to have, like a smart – Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I unfortunately have had to get a subscription to Discovery Plus to fund um, this outlet of mine that I've decided to nurture. So, yeah, but we see that, like, 19 and Counting is suspiciously missing. And it's mm-hmm. like, 
I feel like TLC wants to pretend like it never happened and just right. like they're kind of yeah. hard to get a hold of. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So just getting into the discussion a little more, like like you said, this letter was written in response to the previous episode that we released about the Jabby wedding, and in it we had a pretty lengthy discussion about the relationship between Jana and Laura. And yeah, I do want to thank you for that. I don't think that we scaffold that properly. And I don't think that we came to that discussion with the gravity that it required in a certain sense. I will speak for myself and say that I do think that I was like pretty flippant in my discussion. And I I acknowledge that it was off-putting for listeners. So I do want to apologize for that. And then I just, go ahead, Chrissy. I I was just going to say, I mean, obviously like the whole point of the podcast is to snark and everybody on Reddit gets that, but but, you know, it doesn't give us permission to to speak on something like that in a way, like, separately from the Duggars. And and honestly, like, when I first saw that Reddit post, I was like, oh, shit. But, you know, it, <laughs> but it, 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 it was necessary. I mean, how are we? How do people learn without, you know, feedback such as that? And, you know, I totally I, I take it to heart 100 percent. I was wondering, Lynn, if there was any, like, we discussed previously that there might be sections that you'd want to share. And I totally, like, would like to just, like, seed any space right now to see if you want to read anything from that or if there's something that you want to dive into right now. Yeah, so um, I think that I think that um, a significant portion of the post is just talking about queerness as a concept. But I would like yeah. to read the section that I actually talk about Janet and Laura in because <laughs> um, yeah. I think that that's most relevant. Um, so this is the third paragraph of the post. Um, and I begin by saying, by using the word queer to describe Janet and Laura's relationship, you are ignoring the struggle of queer people, people that people like Janet and Laura want to take human rights away from. Queerness is not part of their vocabularies. They don't know about it, nor did they care to know. Maybe Janet is struggling with her sexuality. Maybe she's afraid of the idea that she might love women. She is well aware of the consequences of being queer in her family, isolation, excommunication, estrangement, and a crumbled public image. If this was her situation, she would be scared to death. This was my situation. So let's say that this is her reality, for argument's sake. What would happen if someone she knew heard this and it got back to her parents? How would she explain it? She's likely, she'd likely be at risk of losing the best friend she's ever had and the only person who truly understands her. This is why we don't specu- speculate on sexuality. Um, So I think that that kind of sums up the thoughts that I was having when listening. Um, And I know that as you spend more time on the subreddits, you kind of get to learn the unspoken rules of, you know, the forums, um, because a lot of times they won't come out and just say, like, these are the things we don't snark on. This is not, you know, something that we don't talk about. Um, But, you know, I think that over time I've learned, like, you don't, like, there's no value that we find to speculating on somebody's sexuality because like while there might be humor in it there are a lot of other humorous things and things that are you know really weird and awful about these families that are that's good snark material you know that's fun to talk about and interesting to talk about um and i know that you know for a long time it's been Jana before it was josiah and you know these are real people with real feelings and real issues in their relationships and even their marriages so um, I think that sometimes when you're part of these communities, you forget that the people you're talking about paid, you know, I'm not as mm-hmm. concerned about Jana's feelings as I am about, you know, people who maybe are in her position, who are real people. 
And if, you know, my general rule is that if they can't fix it in five minutes or with a quick Google search, looking through our forum and, you know, seeing that, oh, this is like, you know, what we think of these people. And I, I don't want that to be, we shouldn't snark on it. <laughs> um, you know, I think that that just, you know, it keeps the forum safe for people who want to participate, know the image that we put out. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, the mods of that, that would probably feel similarly. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think to your last point that you made in the paragraph, which again, like I've, we've talked about it before. I really do think that that letter was fair and really succinct in lining out like your specific frustrations with our discussion on the podcast. Like, so I really appreciate that. It wasn't just sort of this like all out bash about (laughs) us being stupid bitches, which we are, but in a very different regard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but oh, no, no, yeah, no, I, that, go yeah, ahead. <laughs> that last point I think that for me what's really important to realize is that I mean okay I'm a pretty hardcore materialist in that I don't think it's ever for any reason valid or acceptable to ever endanger anybody else's like livelihood or safety or just like the material conditions in which they live and the experience and like I would never want to be the reason for like causing distress in that regard like every human no matter who the fuck they are like literally deserves like housing and shelter and food and water and like all those like basic needs and that's like it can't be fucked with in my opinion Mm -hmm. so I do think there's something about like the ethics of publicly speculating on a podcast like this where it could have potentially detrimental ramifications on their safety and I think that is something for sure that we want to like consider going forward and I you know I think that what you said is like incredibly valid like I don't in any way want to be responsible for endangering that um I will also say that you made a lot of other points about how queerness is not you know just like a label or a fun word that you can throw around and yeah I mean to that extent like I do think that that is like true for some people but I will also say that I don't know I just I I don't think that I approached this correctly and that like I wasn't forthcoming about the fact that I'm also a queer person, specifically bisexual. And for me, queerness, I've also been able to use it like as a lens to find myself in other cultural objects and narratives and insert myself and find points of like relation to other things. Yeah. So I just think that like definitely queerness is not like a label or a fun thing to throw around, but it can also be like a lens through which like you can analyze different things. And I just am curious to think like to ask you about what you think about that, like interpretation of the word queerness or like queerness as a concept or as a tool. Yeah. So um, I think that as the kind of second coming of the sexual revolution grows, um, you're going to see people utilizing some of the terminology that was really popular and began, you know, becoming popular in like the 2000s, um, you know, to describe different sects of, um, you know, the LGBTQ plus community. Um, And I think that, you know, as these, like this movement grows and, and begins to kind of become larger and more inclusive, you are going to see the broadening of the horizons of, you know, some language in a sense. Um, but I think that, you know, the interesting thing about queer is that, you know, when you have a word that used to be a slur, it's always kind of 
difficult to, you know, when it's like, at least for me, know when it's appropriate to use it. And my general rule of thumb, I would say is like, if I'm okay to call myself it, and, you know, I, I would want, let me rephrase. I think that it's a word that you need to use for yourself. You know, that's mm-hmm. something that you claim for yourself. And I, I think that I tried to articulate that in the, in the original post, um, you know, that it's, it's something that you take for yourself. It's not something given to you um, because yeah. originally it was something thrown at you, you know? Um, and I think that that's where, you know, the deviation, I think in, in, you know, the way that I heard the podcast and the way that I responded to it came from was just that, you know, like, if maybe there comes a point and I'm not holding my breath for this, where, you know, Jana comes out and she wants to be queer, she wants to claim that for herself, she's more than welcome to in my eyes, you know, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that it's appropriate, you know, for me or other snarkers to say, okay, well, I'm going to give her this word. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to let her use it, you know, on her yeah. behalf. Um, and in that way, I think that that's, you know, that's where you get into kind of like the difficulty with labels and, and language. Um, no, so sure. yeah, I, yeah, I do see that. And it's not, you do, like you said, I, I mean, I thought that was a very powerful line and very like well put that queerness is not assigned it as adopted, which I, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. And I think a lot of people do agree with you on that. Um, the way that like I have approached it, like historically just with myself and my own like experience and relationship to queerness is, you know, unfortunately, like we do live in a heteronormative society where everybody is by default considered straight until proven otherwise. And that's something that in my life I have tried to consciously resist and pretty much like refuse like there's a certain part of me that wants to refuse to buy into this belief that everybody should be considered straight and you know related to as a straight person as the default and that's something that I still sort of like not struggle with because it is a politic that I hold and I want to be clear about that like I do to a certain extent struggle with like living in a heteronormative society where that is the default and that is the rule and that is pretty you know, staunchly enforced. And, and also in a way, like, I don't, I think that speculation on someone else's sexuality is like almost always a morally neutral act because we speculate about other people's sexuality all the fucking time without realizing it. So Mm -hmm. for me, that's like, that's where my personal frustrations have arisen. And I, I recognize that this is like, not, it's not unique to me, but it's definitely been shaped by like, a couple of very key formative personal experiences that like it is my responsibility to disentangle, you know? So I don't want to put that on any, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and that kind of goes off what you were saying before Nadine about how, you know, if you see something or someone in pop culture where, you know, you can relate in that regard, then you kind of cling to it, which is, I guess where your mind frame came when it came time to discuss Laura and Jana. And obviously like, I'm not saying that that makes it okay or anything, but I mean, it, it makes like from my standpoint, like me understand more like how you dove so hard into that, that portion of the episode. And, and in general, I guess in my eyes, I just, when we addressed the Jana and Laura thing, it was almost just like, 
we can't not talk about it and not obviously like the way that we approached it, it we could have done better we should have done better but i just mean because it's talked about so much when it came like when they became a focus of the episode we were covering it almost seemed we should have addressed it in some way but obviously it didn't uh it didn't come across the appropriate way and i'm that's all. i mean i i'd like to jump in here um i think that you know when you're dealing with these types of families you almost have to approach talking about them with kid gloves in a sense and i know that that seems kind of counterintuitive because what we're doing is making fun of them um you know when when you know we're talking about snark or snarking um but i think that you know where you or i maybe walking down the street would you know see an attractive woman and think oh you know because <laughs> like could i ask her out you know like you're inherently thinking you know oh i wonder if she's gay i wonder if she's a lesbian i wonder if she's bisexual i wonder if she's pansexual um and i think that that in a sense is different than what you have to do when you're talking not even about public figures generally speaking but when you're dealing with these hyper religious groups that you know the devastation that would occur if one of them were to come out as gay or to be found out or forced out would be significantly different than the backlash that, you know, might come from a popular, you know, like a list celebrity coming out as gay. Um, Mm. You know, there, I mean, their livelihoods are at risk and you have to think, you know, especially about the women in these situations, like they have no formal education practically. Um, They have no hopes of ever, you know, going to like an accredited university because they don't have the necessary qualifications. And a lot of them have probably aged past the point where it would be feasible for them to do so because they're already married. They already have, you know, a kid, two or three at home. Um, And like they have no earning potential and this is you know a system that has you know like perpetuated this sense of like powerlessness yeah powerlessness you know they have no ability to take care of you know themselves if they were put in a situation where they didn't have a financial provider um Mm -hmm. and that, you know, is the thing initially that struck me when, you know, we talk about Jana because Jana is kind of unique in, in a sense because she is able to do some of the things that some of the girls that are a little bit younger than her can't do. Um, you know, mm-hmm. she has like her online business and she does make money for herself. I'm not sure where that money goes. I don't know. If she, you know, personally makes all of that money if it all goes to her. Um, so she might have more financial independence than some of the young, uh, of her younger sisters. Um, but that still doesn't put her in, you know, the same place as maybe a college educated woman who has, you know, a bachelor's degree or a master's degree and would be able to support herself. Um, and all of these kids are so reliant on, you know, the parents because the, the parents control all the money. They own all the businesses where, mm-hmm. um, the Duggar boys work. And it's all like a very self-sustaining system and it's so difficult to get in and out of it. Um, and in a lot of ways that makes me, you know, pity them and feel so bad for them because it's practically inescapable. Um, and we have these conversations a lot of the time where, you know, we 
And I think it's totally valid to snark on their like religious beliefs because I think that they're in very problematic and, and difficult to talk about. Um, but at the same time, I, I really feel for them because they, they didn't ask for this. You know, they were born into this terrible culture that, you know, constantly oppresses, um, you know, their ability to go out and live life like all other people get to. Um, so, you know, I, I feel really bad for them in a lot of ways. And I think that, you know, it's good to point out the things that deserve to be pointed out. And sometimes it's better to pull back on other things just because, you know, we still want to like preserve a sense of you know, humanity, you know, or personhood when we're talking about these people, they're people, you know, just, just like us, but you know, they have other things going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, just like to clarify the last thing you said, the speculation about the sexuality, that's not, is that what is impinging upon their personhood? Or is it the fact that like they could, they, it, it places them in danger of like losing financial security? Yeah, I don't think that there is inherently anything wrong with personally thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, in, in, you know, some sense, I've seen things that may be indicative of a deviation from, you know, heteronormativity. Um, I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with that. Like you said, we, we do it all the time. Um, you know, it's a very common day-to-day occurrence. Uh, what I do think that there is an issue with and what can be dehumanizing is putting information out that even if there's the smallest risk of, you know, being on a public platform and having somebody that they know run across it, I think that that is what causes issues because I, I can't say for certain, but I have a really good feeling that anytime something like that, you know, hits Jim Bob's ear, like he's, you know, throwing a fit about it, you know, and like, I don't, obviously I, I don't, like live in Tommy town. Like, I don't know what's going on with the Duggars <laughs> all the time. Um, but I mean, he has a really ironclad fist on the family and yeah, like, true. And you know, we would really like, have no way of knowing mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. like something actually dire did publicly yeah. occur. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think I see exactly what you mean. Like, I think that what you said about even there being a tiny risk of it, I think that's something to consider. Like, I think that mm-hmm. in, in a case like that where it could have like a potential really like devastating effect, it, it might be better to err on the side of caution and refrain from publicly speculating about whether someone is queer or not, not because mm-hmm. it is inherently shameful and not because for me personally, I don't think it's shameful and I don't think it is like, a, you know, it's not an accusation, but the fact that it could like destabilize somebody's life um, especially their lives is like not something that I want to take lightly at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I just want to express, you know, my appreciation for you, Nadine, for reaching out to me directly. I mean, when I posted that, I was angry and I, you know, was emotional. I was like, okay, this is a really good way to get these feelings out there, you know, just to give anybody else who's feeling a similar way the opportunity to, you know, let some of it go. Um, and I really didn't. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you did because you you know you say in case anybody else felt the same way, and there were, and we had no idea. So I mean, it it might have been just like your way to vent, but obviously 
so many people felt the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that, you know, it was reaffirming, you know, to have so many people express similar sentiments. But at the same time, you know, it was, it was so nice to just like have concrete, you know, knowledge that like, what I said mattered. And you yeah. know, you guys are like listening to your listeners when they give feedback. And that yeah. that was just, you know, really a good experience for me. And I'm so happy to be here. Oh uh, because of that. <laughs> Yeah, we are. I mean, you are our first guest ever on the pod. So yeah, and yeah. Like, that's huge. Like, <laughs> the only the only listener that I won't give feedback to is whoever left us the Apple review, the Apple podcast review, who called us slut women. So that's the only person. I, like, I, yeah. <laughs> I love them, and I want them on the pod. <laughs> <for> the <record. laughs> um, yeah, no, it was never my intention to you know like bash you guys, you know, and I did want it to be constructive and. And just to let you know that, you know, there are listeners out there who are going to feel like a type of way about, you know, speculating on sexuality and that if you haven't spent like devoted many, many hours to pouring over the snark subreddits, you might not, you know, know that that's something that we try not to do, or Mm -hmm. at least some people try not to do. Um, and, And like I said, it's a really like unspoken um kind of agreement that we and and some people do do it you know you do see posts that come through where you know people do heavily speculate on sexuality and I think that that's you know your own prerogative and again I don't think that there's anything morally wrong I think it's completely morally neutral to personally speculate on somebody's sexuality and you know anybody can feel free to do that um but but I think a public forum is yeah that's where the you know that's Mm -hmm. where the issues come in and I think that honestly it can happen just because you don't think that you know, maybe it is, you know, not a good idea, or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, there is the possibility that it could somehow, you know, circle back and, you know, shine a bad light on one of them um, right. in, in their, in their circle, you know, as even though we might see that as, you know, completely morally neutral, um, yeah, it could absolutely. cause really big problems for them. I I mean, I definitely will say, like, I think I had been aware of that unspoken rule, but hadn't considered maybe the ethics of what we were talking about, like the, uh, doing it publicly and doing it on a platform where I don't, we don't like, it's weird to think about because you and I have no control over who listens to the podcast. Like it's literally a public object that anybody can access for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, like, I I think we forget about that because it is just like you and I shooting the shit in our bedrooms. Right. But um, this does go out into the world and this Mm -hmm. is listened to by people who, you know, we are so appreciative for each and every person who has listened and supported the pod. I also do think that I, I want to be publicly accountable and I want, I do think that I owe whoever listens for whatever reason, transparency and clarity about like what I believe and where I stand and why, Mm -hmm. and also why I'm going to change this approach going forward. Like I want to, you know, I want to be clear, like I hope that this provided a little bit of insight into like where I was coming from, how this had like affected Mm -hmm. things that I already believed or things that, you know, or just changed certain things like ways of thinking. Um, And also to show that like, we clearly like desire the same things. Like there, those things are in alignment. Like we want to protect everyone's safety. I mean, like work towards queer, like personally, like work towards like queer liberation in some indeterminable future in some way, you know, but like until we get there, it's important to be respectful and responsible in how we go about it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much, Lynn, for coming on. I yeah, yeah, no problem. I, this was so fun. I've been listening to you guys since your first episode, and this is just this mm-hmm. is it's so exciting for me. I've been so excited all week about it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're so glad. You also do. We've discussed have an open invitation if you want to come on, or if mm-hmm. you have an episode that you'd like to snark or discuss. Yeah. come be a third co-host. That'd be so fun. Like, that would be so amazing, and I have so many episodes like I like do like oh. journal about them or I'm like yeah. this is like material yeah. I need to hit this somehow I <laughs> so I mean yeah, it's, 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 we can make this happen like yeah. it's happening we actually we have some quick fire dugger questions that okay but <laughs> if you're interested in answering we have a we have a couple for you yes <laughs> yes okay <laughs> cool um okay so all right who out of the duggers would you want to get drunk with oh gosh jill because she likes pina coladas i guess (laughs) (laughs) and i'm there with her all right perfect answer all right what's the one dugger mystery you would sell your firstborn to know oh my gosh what went down with Derek and jim bob (laughs) i'm dying to know (laughs) oh for sure that and like okay i want to know about the sam birth i feel like it's all connected but like yes. what happened yeah. to sam why was it? i want to know i want to know i feel like I, it's I'm really dying now. <laughs> yeah, i just I, like i wish i could just infiltrate the house like so bad like t- i just want to like i just want to like watch them in their like every day in the wild like oh my second part to that answer is that I'm dying to know what the inside of Josh and Anna's warehouse looks like. <laughs> because oh, as far yes. as I know, it's windowless and creepy and they yeah. have no, like nothing on the walls. Like I'm dying so to know weird. what it looks like in there. <laughs> so many good mysteries here. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. What's, what's one unpopular opinion you have about the Duggars? Oh gosh. Um, my one unpopular opinion would have to be that I think that Jessa does not wear the pants in the relationship. I don't think that she's controlling, like, I don't think that she's controlling things from behind the scenes. I think that Ben like is low key, like kind of controlling and she's just really like has like a strong front. Oh my god, wow. How did I this I'm rethinking everything. How does this square away with like maybe what we see is like the effort to resist? <laughs> That's okay. what I really witnessed. Yeah. 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 My evidence for this is that yeah. he does not do any housework. Like he True. you know, like if Justin was really in charge, like he would be like taking care of those babies and like building that bunk bed that they like put together but like one of the main things that the mysteries we talk about when we talk about what we talk about when we talk about ben seatwald is like yeah. what the fuck does he do all day it's such I a know. mystery to us like what is his day-to-day we have it's like we have no idea can never know like i know it's so weird <laughs> like whenever they have babies jessa likes to say that he changes diapers and he does like x y and z for the babies but like that could just be saving face yeah, I don't know we'll if he just, to... like, goes and smokes in, like, the shed in the backyard or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, he really like, does, does to a certain does, extent. But... Like, he, he kind of has it made in the shade, you know? Right. Like, something's yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Or like, or if just, if, if he doesn't do any of those things just because Jess is so controlling and in that regard, he still hasn't made then because yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, situations where it's like, oh, you know, I wish my husband would do this, but if he does it, he does it the wrong way. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, so Jess is yeah. just so controlling. She just does everything anyway. A hundred percent. Um, Ooh, yeah. Um, all right. This question, uh, very Nadine. Um, what is your son's sign? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know my son's sign off the top of my head. <laughs> I know I'm a Leo. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. How do you know your? What's your? How do you know like what your sun sign is, Nadine? Um. There's okay. When I when I have you guys all back on the pod, I'm gonna I'm gonna make us all do natal charts, and then we can compare and contrast <laughs> against the Duggars to see who has similar oh my signs. God. Yes. I love it when people do like on on this or in the subreddit. I love when people do like natal readings of the different people. I love when they do yeah. tarot readings. I love That's all yeah, of yeah, the fruit yeah. bullshit. This. Like, yeah, I know I can't get enough. Um, <laughs> all right, what about your favorite Duggar? This is hard. There's so many. Um, so just like one of your yeah, like one of your favorite Duggar cringe moments. I know everything's oh, cringy. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's such a hard question. <laughs> They're <laughs> all so bad. Okay. I'm going to have to say that my favorite Duggar cringe moment is when Kendra and Joe are on their honeymoon and that the like the play the people from like the musical are coming and they're doing that little like show in the street and joe doesn't understand that in europe they kiss you on both cheeks to greet you and he like almost comes like full on like mouth kisses this like actress <laughs> and you can tell them he's like oh so God. like it's so oh. funny it, it makes me laugh so hard <laughs> Wait, we have to watch that episode next because we have yeah. actually like people have mentioned that a couple times this like greek honeymoon thing that maybe i like i'm yeah, sure there's I a ton like, there i feel like i haven't seen the episode or all of it Be- yeah that's a good one to do next yeah it's so it's there's so many snarkable moments oh, in that episode it's absolutely ridiculous oh. no giggles and thick daddy joe travailing <laughs> around <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah um okay last question yeah go ahead um should we cover the baits next it looks like you're in a similar uh pickle (laughs) as we are do we are we at the point where we should cover the baits next yes i think because i have i have two reasons first of all i 100 percent think that lauren is like a carbon copy of josie bates oh, <laughs> like her instagram yeah. posts and everything like she's totally 100 percent copying josie bates second yeah. is that i'm dying to know like why they all use that like beige aesthetic on their instagrams and like what the value of that is so yeah. i i'm very curious about like what they're doing in life and why they're trying to like okay. make funny, you know, Christianity, like super aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I, I know, like, I know enough about the base, but like, I feel if, if we started covering them, um, it'd be very educational for me because there's, I haven't dug yeah. very deep into them. So that'd be very interesting. Yeah. I don't really know anything about them. We yeah. know the big Josie hat. We know the suspicious yeah. like Instagram yeah. plagiarism from yeah. Lauren Duggar, and uh, yeah, I think I'd be I'd be interested to to yeah. dive into that. To whatever whatever yeah. shit show awaits for us over there I on know. that side of the aisle. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, amazing. Okay, um, yeah. Thank you again so much for this. Yeah. This was so fun. <laughs> I'm glad you could have you yeah. on. Oh my God. 
it was sure. so fun. You guys are so nice. I'm so happy to have done this. This is so fun. I'm glad we did for yeah. sure. Yeah. Can I plug my subreddit really yeah, quickly? Yeah. Because I have a new snark subreddit that I would love to plug. Yeah. It's r slash snark defined. If you are interested in snarking on girl defined in what I would consider a more ethical way than we've seen on Fundy Snark. So um, there's no snarking on weight or appearance. We are fully smart snarking on girl defines ideals in videos over there. So if you there's like there's no dearth of things to talk about there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm super excited about it. So if you like snarking awesome. on Girl Defined, that that would be a good place to do it. All right. We'll look forward to joining us. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Down that. Definitely. Thanks again, Lynn. Great. Um, all right, you guys. So that is it for this episode of Side Hugs. Um, I do want to reiterate... We had mentioned earlier a TikToker. Her name is Mrs. Kickstand. We will include her link in the episode description of this podcast app. She is hilarious. She's She covers so many different Duggar snark um, moments, cringe moments. She's basically talks about stuff that we talk about, but it's in video format on TikTok. So it's very convenient. Um, she's, she's just like so funny. Yeah, yes, for sure. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Side Hugs Pod. Um, leave us an Apple review, some stars. Keep listening. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your kids, tell your wife, tell everybody. Um, okay. All right. Uh, Start on Mother Duggers. Mm-hmm.